Let us hear the word of our God, Titus 3, verse 15. All who are with me greet you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Well, we come here now to these final words of Paul to Titus. Paul has addressed church matters, family issues, and believers living in society. Paul has said that we must be godly because God has saved us through Christ. And, as the hymn just uh, said to us, the second, first and second comings of Christ motivate us to godly living. Uh, Paul here has ended his letter with six commands. Uh, in verse 9, he says to avoid engaging with false teaching. In verses 10 and 11, we should reject divisive people uh, and adds ideas to Jesus' words in Matthew 18 and the commands there. In verse 12, <clears throat> he says that when Titus's replacement comes, that Titus must come quickly to Paul and Nicopolis. And then last time we saw in verses 13 and 14, two basic ideas. First of all, Titus is to meet the needs of Zenos and Apollos as they are passing through. And then secondly, more broadly, all believers should help those in need. And uh, we bear fruit in many ways, but his point here is through benevolent behavior. Uh, we're not passing the buck or giving excuses. Uh, we too are helping those uh, in need. All right, so we come now to this last command, and it's the second line of these three lines here in verse 15. Um, and so let's start with the first line, all who are with me greet you. Now the you here is singular, so Paul is still talking to Timothy, uh, or sorry, to Titus, as he has uh, throughout the letter, and uh, uh, many situations where he's addressing Titus directly. Um, and so who are with Paul? Now, some have tried to make the case <clears throat> that Paul's referring to Artemis, Tychicus, Zenos, and Apollos, and that's who he has in mind. But I find that um, not very convincing because um, at least three of them are going to say hi to Titus in person. Uh, most likely, again, <clears throat> they came together and brought the letter and, and so forth. Um, here's another one of those times I wish Paul would have said more than he did. Uh, it would give us some clues as to where he was and who may have been with them and when he uh, wrote the letter and so forth. But wherever Paul was, whether it was Ephesus or Philippi or Corinth or somewhere else, uh, all who are with Paul in that location are sending their greetings to Titus. Now, some have tried to make the case that because Paul does not mention any names here, that that's an indication that Titus did not know the people Paul was with. Possibly. But whatever the point on some of these details, the overall point, again, is very plain. Paul is sending greetings. And this is more, though, than just being friendly. We live in a society where uh, being friendly is, is somewhat common, though, of course, that is uh, going away in some ways. And uh, we live and uh, participate in many churches in our country where the gospel of niceness is actually what we believe, not the gospel of righteousness. So there's a lot of nice people. But Paul's not simply being nice. 
What he's referring here to ultimately is the love that we have for uh, one another. The love between believers is unique. It is special. And Paul is communicating that love from the people that he is with to Titus. And so the relationship that we have as, uh, as believers, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, as fathers and mothers, and so on and so forth, this family that we have is based ultimately on the grace of God to us in election. We don't choose who our um, uh, family members are in Christ. God does. And we read that uh, in the confession earlier this morning. And so there, in eternal ways, there are these connections. Uh, we have a love that is beyond degree, that is beyond blood, that is beyond time and space, you might say. Now, certainly it is similar to a love that we have for our families, uh, but is, it's even greater, at least potentially so. Uh, God has chosen whom will be in our families. Hey, you can't decide who you're sibling or your parents or your children are going to be um, and there's a connection there that is is very special but it isn't necessarily the case that that connection is unto eternity it isn't necessarily the case that your siblings or your children or your parents are true believers um, and so the love that can be found in families is oftentimes limited and obviously, we're sinners, and we have that aspect as well. Um, and so, um, there is a connection, but f- as believers, obviously, it's more. And um, I sang our, uh, I picked the last hymn for us to sing uh, this morning to um, try to counter, if you will, the opposite idea of hating our neighbor. <laughs> and we talked about, uh, blessed be the tie that binds, and, th- and that's certainly fitting here, too. Uh, that there is a, ba- uh, uh, a, a, a bond between believers that is so special. And Paul's emphasizing that. The love among believers can be very sweet and very encouraging. Uh, on our uh, trips this summer, we saw some people that we hadn't seen for years. Um, and uh, for some of them, they were believers. Some were not. Um, or at least they make a profession, but you wonder where they are kind of thing. But like with one of them, I hadn't seen him since his wedding day. That's yeah, 30 years ago. But it was, it was still a sweet, uh, encouraging visit uh, to see him and his family and so forth. Um, again, the bond of believers is, is the reason why. Unfortunately, of course, our sin easily entangles and hinders good fellowship, but not always, and certainly it can be a great blessing. And so Paul really is communicating these ideas and sending this kind of love, this kind of greeting to Titus. And so this, if you will, different level of fellowship is what he's communicating. And so... um, on the one hand, you can say, let's try to do the same, <laughs> okay? Um, but maybe just stating it as a statement here. What, what a blessing it is when we enjoy these things. Well, let's come then to the command in this second line. Greet those who love us in the faith. All right. Now, um, Paul, again, is addressing 
Titus. Again, it is singular. The command is specifically to him. Titus, greet the believers in Crete. Again, it's much more than just simply, hey, say hi to them for me. Um, But the one who planted the church, the one who is an apostle, the one who loves them deeply because of this connection as believers is sending his greetings. And so that idea is continuing here now as Paul is sending forth uh, his greetings, his love as a fellow believer. But notice how it's worded. Um, Paul is sending greetings, if you will, to certain people, but not necessarily to others. Note the implication is that Paul is not sending his greetings through Titus to the false teachers there in Crete. Those who are contradicting the faith are not receiving this greeting. Greet those who love us in the faith. False teachers don't do that, of course, and so don't send them this greeting. Now, this is not because Paul is being mean and nasty and so forth, but there is a different kind of relationship with unbelievers. And even back to what we saw in verses 9 to 11, you have some of these false teachers that need to be rejected. They, they need to basically be kicked out of the church. And so when we do that, we're treating them as unbelievers, as a tax collector, as a sinner. And so we should witness to them. We're not shunning them or being mean or whatever. Um, but it is a different kind of relationship. We do not have the same kind of fellowship with unbelievers as we do with fellow believers. And that's what Paul is basically indicating here. And so this kind of greeting is special to the believer, and it cannot go to the unbeliever unless they come to faith. So maybe you could say it this way. Tell the true believers how much I care for them. And so here is the command that Paul is giving. Now, we don't know if Paul ever returned to Crete. Maybe he did, um, but we don't know that for sure. But his love for them is special nonetheless. We don't know how old the church is at this point. Are they a year old? Was it just a year or something since Paul first came? We don't know for sure. But the love that he has for these believers is special. And so let us then not take these kinds of relationships for granted. Let's not focus on petty differences. Let's not act like unbelievers. Let's not welcome unbelievers and not have a distinction in our relationship with them. But let's love and care for one another in Christ. And so here now with this command, maybe we can ask more directly, what can we do to improve our fellowship with one another. Okay, these simple words are communicating these kinds of things here for us. All right, well, let's look now at the third line. Grace be with you all. Amen. Now, some of your translations may or may not have amen. Some manuscripts have it, some don't. Um, but uh, Paul here is giving a final blessing. Okay. Grace be with you all. Anytime we see a a blessing or a benediction, 
in the scriptures, we should always be reminded of the first one that we see, and that is Aaron's blessing. So let's turn there uh, just a moment in Numbers chapter 6. Okay. Now certainly we see some blessings on a kind of, can you say, random basis prior to this. But it is certainly now here in number six that God specifically commands the Levites uh, to say these words. And uh, I use this one this morning, for example. So in verse 22 of number six, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, with all this emphasis on speaking, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. So the Levites, or now right pastors, we, we have this um, special task, you might say, where we are speaking words and we are putting the name of God upon you. You see how it's worded there in verse 27. We are placing the name of our covenant Lord, right? Yahweh, here three times, verses 24, 5, and 6. We are putting that name upon the believers. And so here Aaron and the priests and such did it for Israel. And now as pastors, we do the same kind of thing. And uh, so as we place the name of Yahweh upon you, there is a blessing that will come because God is going to act accordingly, right? They'll put the name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. So on the one hand, a blessing is a prayer of sorts. We're asking God to bless. On the other hand, it's an action. It's words that are given, and God has already promised that he would bring blessing upon his people when these things are done. And so, uh, as I do basically every time, whenever I use this one, I follow up by saying, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, because now this blessing is found through Christ. Okay? And then the other ones that I use uh, refer uh, to Christ in one way or another. And, um, and so that's how the blessing comes. That's the name uh, through Christ, who is Yahweh. That's how we receive these blessings. So um, uh, when Paul gives these words then in the end of Titus, he is basically putting a blessing on the people and yet at the same time asking God to bless his people. It's not like our words have the power in and of themselves. Uh, but God would uh, keep his promises in this way. So in particular then, Paul is wanting God's grace, you might say, to be poured out in full measure on these new believers. Now since he is um, uh, writing to an existing church, he isn't merely saying, may God come upon you unto salvation, right? regeneration, justification, and so forth. But certainly, that would be part of what Paul is thinking. May this grace be upon you so that other people will come to faith. And maybe there are some in, in uh, the congregation that haven't yet believed. But Paul's primary emphasis here then would be grace in sanctification. He is 
in essence, asking God to bless the people by showing grace in sanctification, that they might grow in godliness and in good works. And so here is what uh, basically he is uh, praying and pronouncing. Again, both ideas are, are found here in this way. Um, <clears throat> and so certainly we need the same thing, don't we? Uh, we need God's grace uh, every day, and uh, we need uh, his blessing upon us. I notice uh, another point here. Notice that it says, grace be with you all. Now, I just talked about Titus and how Paul is speaking to him in the first two lines. And there are many other times in the letter where that's been the case. But for the first time, and the only time in the letter, Paul specifically says, you plural, referring to everyone in Crete. Now, he generally says that at times, but in terms of that pronoun, this is the only time we see it. And so the letter is addressed to Titus. And Paul is speaking to him about a variety of things. But by ending the letter with this reference to the whole church, Paul is indicating that it's not just Titus who should read the letter, but the letter really should be read to everyone. And so everyone is to hear Paul's words. And so these words would have been an encouragement to Titus and yet also an encouragement to everyone. And then by extension, since we have it, right, we then receive this blessing too. And throughout the centuries, this has been the case. And so again, we all need God's grace every day. We need it for the church, chapter 1. We need it for the family, chapter 2. We need it for our relations in society, chapter 3. We need it to uphold the truth. We need it to address false teaching. We need God's grace to grow in our relationships with one another. We need it to live godly lives in every way. Simply, we need God's grace for the church to grow. And, uh, and so here's what Paul is asking and even pronouncing. And uh, may these words then be fulfilled in us here in these ways. All right, well, a few thoughts here from verse 15 and what Paul is communicating. And so we uh, kind of wrap up, you might say, then this study of Titus. And uh, as always, uh, uh, there's so much that can be learned from here, and hopefully in the, I think it was 31 or two sermons or something over the last number of months that uh, we uh, have learned many things from this letter.